Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 73 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. Ray Dollars. And I'm joined here by my exquisite co-host, former market maker, 20 years and current day retail trader, a former nightclub bouncer who has more combined knowledge of club life than Steve and Doug Butabi, <laughs> the man who brought infamy to the name House Street. I'm talking about VWAP Trader One, JJ. Hey, brother. How's it going, man? Good, brother. How are you? I'm good, doing good, man. And um, I'm excited today, man. Our guest today is making his second appearance mm -hmm. on the podcast, his first being one of the most popular to this date, profiled in the Unknown Market Wizard series. He's the man Jack Schwager has dubbed the contrarian, former weed farm owner. He's meditated with monks in Burma. And he's graduated from the prestigious University of South Florida. I am talking about fan favorite Jason Shapiro. Jason, how's it going, man? What's up, man? You said it all already. I, I, I did. I did, man. I'm just uh, a pleasure to have you back, man. And if the listeners, if you guys haven't listened to the first episode, please uh, go back, listen to it. Like I said, this was one of the most popular ones, one of my favorite just to talk about. We touched on a wide range of topics, I felt like, Jason. Um so it was like tw tw December 2020. Uh, what you been up to last time we spoke? I'm still sitting in the same place, man. Wearing the same clothes, living the uh -huh. same life. <laughs> I feel like your setup's different. I feel like like your uh, your is your computer still to the right of you or to the left? It's right in front of me. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I might have been on my. I have my Apple over here. I might have been on my Apple last time. Yeah, you were you were you were you were, you were pivoted to the right. I wasn't sure. You know. Oh, yeah. uh, do you, is, is that something you do? Because, you know, I think about the, even just like the little things like when I trade, do, do you set up your surround or do you change your surroundings sometimes? Or are you a person who really likes to keep it constant? No, it is what it is. I just have this Mac over here. So I probably didn't know how to get the Zoom on the PC before. So I did it on the Mac probably. Or maybe we were doing it during market hours so I could like look at the market while we were talking. I don't know, but I yeah. got it on my main PC now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what did what was the um? Did you get any response from people who listen to the podcast yourself? I mean, I got a lot of positive feedback. People really loved it. Like I said, I, like it was one of the most popular ones. What, how was it uh, like? Because I know, I know you were hesitant to do interviews. You didn't even want to do the market wizard. So how was it like getting messages from people interacting with them? No, it's been good, man. I mean, I get a lot of people on like uh, LinkedIn and stuff hitting me up. Yeah, and ninety nine point nine percent's been really uh, kind of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Have you, I remember I asked you if you read the book last time, I know you only read your section. Have you, have you uh, ventured into any of the other sections yet? No, not yet. No. All right. It's funny. And one of the guys that's in the book joined our, uh, joined our, our webpage or whatever. And I haven't even, uh, I haven't even read his chapter. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's something about reading uh, books about the market at this point in my life. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've read too many of them and, it's stupid because you can always learn, right? But uh, I don't know. For some reason, I just uh, can't read market-related books anymore. Yeah, yeah. At it's, least for now. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, we've, we've had on a few of the other ones after you. They've, they've all been uh, good, gracious people. And uh, so just a reminder to listeners, if you guys like to join JJ, myself, and a supportive community of traders, you can join us at microefutures.com. Uh, Jason. Uh, how have the, uh, you know, contrarian indicators and in financial media uh, been panning out since the last time we talked? Any new people uh, you've spotted? I mean, it's been the same sort of uh, same group of uh, 
of, of people that I, I, I still kind of follow and I kind of listen to, but, um, mm-hmm. and, um, it's been pretty steady, you know, uh, their success rates are pretty steady. Um, I have to give kudos to the fact that in the last few weeks, pretty much all of wall street went bearish stocks a few weeks ago. And, uh, up to this point, that's been a pretty damn good call. So I am trying to give a little bit of kudos to the, uh, to the consensus here. I still don't believe it. <laughs> I still think the market's <laughs> going to go up. But to this point, they have been uh, pretty damn right for the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, I, I guess that's the, um, and I know that's something we talked about the, the first podcast we did is that like it's, you mentioned something that it's like everyone knows to be contrarian, but it's like the, the application of it is is the the tricky part right um and it's a you know somebody you know it is it, it really is it sounds easy but it's really not um how's how's your trading year how's how's 2021 trading year been um as opposed to last year's it's been kind of shitty compared to last year i mean last year i had nothing but up months so this year i've had about what are we in september i had like four up months and four down months and I started the year off pretty poorly. Um, I got off to a shitty start. So from there, I was just chasing back, chasing back, you know, which I did. I got it back and everything. But, um, you know, so now I have to have a good last quarter to have end up having like a good year, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm set up. I think I've got some pretty good situations going on here that could have me uh, have a good last quarter. But, you know, I could still finish the year up, you know, double digits. But as of now, uh, you know, I'm a single digit midget. Single digit midget. <laughs> do, 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 do you think um, uh, maybe, uh, you know, not being not as successful this year was looking back, was it attributed to maybe like things you could have done better? Maybe it's just uh, market conditions. Um, what, what do you think? I was early, early in the year. Um, I was early getting short some of the commodities, in particular the grains and stuff. Um, and so I was down, you know, like two and a half, somewhere between two and a half, to 3% uh, before even, you know, the year even started, you know, it was like February and I was down two and a half, three percent 3%. Um, and then I went into a period where I wasn't sure if the data that I've been looking at, which is based on obviously historical, just like any data you're looking at, right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was giving an accurate read because of what happened during COVID. Things were so extreme during COVID that that clearly affects the back look at data. So I wanted that to sort of get out of the, like if I'm looking at, let's say a year, you know, extremes over the past year, I wanted COVID to kind of get out of that data. Yeah. Where I felt comfortable again. So I was down and then I shrunk my size because I wasn't really comfortable with the data. So I was making some money, but it was like, you know, I was just making small money, just enough to kind of took me a few months to make the losses back because I was so small. And now I'm kind of back up to size again. So it was that. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I've been calling 2021 the year that everything changed. Um, it seems to me that a lot of things this year um, – have been different than uh, than any year that I, that, I, that I've traded. Um, mm-hmm. there, were, there were certain trades that I used to be able to make that were layups, 
time and time again. And it's not like they came up every day or every week or even every month, but when they came up, they were layups. And those trades um, don't work anymore. You know, so I used to be able to count on those if I wasn't having like a really good sort of whatever month or quarter or whatever, mm-hmm. I could kind of count on those type of trades. And I was kind of knew that they would come up at some point and I'd be able to put it on and I'd be able to whatever I've been losing, I could kind of make back on that. Sure. And those just aren't there anymore. They don't work anymore. The, the trades that used to work for me for that all the time, I'm, we're talking about over 20 years, I mm-hmm. made millions of dollars in these type of trades mm-hmm. and they don't work anymore. Um, so there's a lot of things going on, you know, correlation things uh, going on this year that are have been different than almost any other year I've ever seen. Um, so it's been an interesting year to say the least. Yeah. Do, do you mind giving us an example of, uh, you know, one of these layup type of strategies that's no, no longer working? So I used to trade the U.S. off the Hang Seng a lot because I had started my career trading the Hang Seng. So um I've always followed the Hang Seng very closely. Mm-hmm. And, um, I always noticed that, let's say, for example, the Hang Seng had a strong day last night. It was up 500 points, closed out on its high, right? So, you know, you're talking about what is essentially a U.S. dollar-based market because the Hong Kong dollar's pegged, right? You had an economy that was very correlated to the U.S. economy because Hong Kong was a trade center, you know, between China and the U.S. And so global trade, GDP, you know, that kind of thing. So if the Hong Kong market, let's say, closed on its high of the day, um, that alone was a good indication that the U.S. was also going to close on its high of the day. And then I would watch during the U.S. hours to see if the trending, I used to look at it like, um, I used to look at the major indices, let's say the NASDAQ, the S&P, and the Dow, right? So the NASDAQ being the most volatile, the S&P being in the middle, and the Dow being the least. You could call it beta, the NASDAQ having the most beta versus the so if the Nasdaq was kind of leading the market up, the higher beta things were leading the market up, then I would call that a trend day up. So you'd have the Hang Seng close on the high. You'd have one of these trend day ups. And I knew I could get long Nasdaq. And there was a very high probability it was going to close very close to the high of the day, if not the high of the day, right? Well, you look at what's been going on for the last <laughs> eight, nine months. Yeah. I mean, the Hang Seng will be down 800 points. And you know the US market will close up 400 points, you know? And the next day, the Hang Seng will be up a thousand points. And the U.S. market will go down, you know, eight hundred points. Right? It's just, and you could argue the fundamental is different now because of China and all that stuff, right? Um, but that fundamental has been different for a few years. Yet that trade has worked for me all the way up until sort of early this year, right? And this year, that trade has not worked at all. I can't even touch it. I, I can't even touch that trade, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't, you know, because it doesn't work. So, and interesting. Not 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 that the reasons matter. Well, you know. Maybe the reasons do matter, but I know we, we like, uh, I know you do just, you're more of a structural type trader. Um, did you have any like theories to why, like maybe these aren't these, uh, you know, things are maybe changing in your opinion? Well, I mean, clearly like Hong Kong is so correlated to China now and mm-hmm. the things that have gone on in China this year with the whole tech crackdown and, you know, all that type of stuff, you know, that doesn't really affect, you can almost argue it's a positive effect for the U.S. NASDAQ stocks, right? If China's going to crack down on all these Chinese, you know, internet stocks, then maybe that's a good thing for the U.S. internet stocks, right? So they go down and maybe that's why the U.S. ones go up, you know? I don't know. Um, But that that makes sense, right? Because you're coming out of BABA, you come into something, you know, something that's not going to get messed with by government. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and the other nice thing about these tech stocks is, I mean, look at, you know, we sold off today and Apple traded what? They traded 134 million shares, the float 17 billion shares. I mean, didn't even trade 1% of the float. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, if BlackRock wanted to sell a billion shares, there's no way in hell they could. You know, they're loaded up with so much paper. It's, it, it's, they can't sell. Mm. I mean, the joke to me of that China thing was when people all of a sudden, after it all happened and after the stocks all dropped 40 or 50% or whatever, yeah. people would be like, oh, you know, I, I can't invest in, in, in a country where, you know, the communists can do anything they want. Okay. Then why were you invested in that place to begin with? I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? That was no different. I lived in Hong Kong in, you know, the mid 90s, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going to tell me you just figured that out now after stocks went down 50%. I mean, it's always been a communist country and they've always had the ability to do exactly. whatever the hell they wanted, right? Yeah. So you're going to come to that conclusion now? Like to me, that was the most ridiculous thing in that whole situation. But, you know, yeah. you don't know that that's a risk of investing in China, then I don't know how you call yourself an investor in China. Exactly. Mm. exactly. Yeah, yeah, very well. Hey, JJ, what um, how about from yourself? I mean, uh, maybe differences you've seen this year um, from last. I, I have never seen uh, these large markets. So illiquid. I've never seen these markets have just turned off supply. These markets have been moved by momentum traders back and forth guys playing with huge credit. Like look what Bill Wang did to Viacom. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he, it's like he had 10 different bookies. He maxed out at every bookie blew the thing up. And now that stock is just destroyed. You know, because it's just rolling margin calls is the only time we get any selling is when we break T plus two and we get some rolling margin calls. That's the only time we can get supply. Otherwise, all the supplies locked up like Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Microsoft, all that paper is sitting in DTC. It's like a crypt. It's got about six inches of dust up on it, on it. Right. It's it's not going anywhere. Right. You know, he knows what I'm talking about with paper certificates right back in the old days. But that's why I always I envision this crypt. At the depository where all this paper is just sitting, there's about eight layers of dust on there because nobody's touched those shares of Microsoft, you know, and like how, how, you know, you know, you got 500 million shares to sell and the thing trades, you know, 43 million shares, right? It's going to take you 20 years to unload that position, right? It's, there's just no liquidity. So that's why we get these huge swings and, and it's like the word trading range is like a four letter word now, like it's a swear word. Right. We just one time frame up and then crash. And then one time frame up, like we don't actually have a trading range that can cushion some of this blow. And, you know, that that's for me used to building charts out. So I'd build a trading range. So when the stock came back, you know, we could, you know, get people to, to, uh, to, you know, click into the thing again. But man, these markets are just, uh, and the ranges, I don't know how people swing trade this thing. Right. Like you're, you're, uh, you got to be able to take some heat. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, there's, you know, it's a different year. It's definitely a different year. And it it's sounds very like excuse. You know, my returns haven't been great. So therefore I say, you know, that things are different this year, but truthfully, my returns are fine. And I'm telling you, things are, have been very different. Yeah. This year. Whether that means that's how they're going to be forever. I have no idea. Have things changed forever? I have no idea, but they definitely, there were, there were changes, things that went on this year that I have, as a guy who sits in front of and watches yeah. all markets all the time, I can tell you I've never seen a lot of these type of things before. The, the other thing, sorry to interject, but the I read that article in the journal where it said that most wealthy people 
who are large investors. They don't sell to lock in profits or profit take because of tax implications. They're just borrowing against their portfolios. So that's why we're not getting that profit, you know, that profit taking selling that we usually get in these markets because the interest rates are so low and people are just, you know, they just borrow and borrow and borrow against their equity portfolio because the stuff never goes down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like they say, the market's never wrong. You have to be able to, you know, tell these guys, you have to stick to your process. That's one famous line, right? Stick to your process, stick to your yeah. process. But the other one is, you know, adapt or die, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So which one do you do? Do you stick to your <laughs> And it's like, well, it depends, right? Mm-hmm. It depends. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's, what I, that's what I love about the game, though, too. Like, in, uh, I mean, I guess you could say this for life because I, I went back and I listened to our first, our first conversation, Jason, and um, that was funny because we were talking about, I think it was like kind of around the whole conversation when you went to Burma, uh, you know, your time there meditating. And we were like on the topic of like, yeah, you got to take the market serious, but not too serious. Right. Like, like that's like, that's the whole joke. And that's the same thing. It's like, you got to stick to your process, but you also got to know when to adjust. It's like a lot of these things, it's almost seems like a paradox um, in a lot of senses, you know? Yeah, no, it is. I mean, you know, play by the rules, but know when to break the rules. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you break the rules and you have success. Now you're going to break the rules too many times and you're going to wish you didn't. Right. So it's like the whole paradox. It is. It, it is. And uh, that, this was, you know, it was, this was something I was going to ask you. Um, I, I mean, I guess, and this could be a very nuanced answer, maybe one that's uh, maybe not even answerable, but like, how, how do you go about that? How do you find that like balance? Like, you know, like you're saying like some of these strategies, you know, these layup strategies weren't working this year. So, you know, maybe an example of what, what adjustments have you been making? Shrink. That's what yeah. I, did. I shrunk. I shrunk my size, you know, yeah. um, because fuck, you know, I can't shrink to zero because, well, there's a number of reasons why I can't shrink to zero, but I mean, if you're not involved then you're, you're, you're never going to be able to really be able to figure out what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. But when what's going on is something that you've never seen and you don't understand, then to me, you, you got to shrink your size. You know, because what you're playing a new game, right? So you better, you better shrink is how I say it. So that's, that's what I did. I shrunk. And now I'm kind of really building back up because now I feel like I'm starting to see it again and start, things are starting to act as I would expect them to act. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily right or wrong about a certain market going Mm -hmm. up or down, but at least they are reacting in a way that I wouldn't expect them to react. I mean, even today, you know, I'm not super bearish the stock market or anything. But the fact that it was down hard today was not something that is a shock to me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I understand what's going on, I think. And therefore, um, that's all I really need to do for me to, to sort of get my size back on. So I'm, I'm getting my size back on now. And hopefully, hopefully that works because then I can have a good quarter and then my year will be a good year. You know, I, I only shoot for 12, 15 percent a year. So I put together a good quarter. I can get there. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. I, uh, I know Jason used to trade, you know, uh, with others or maybe like, like in a trade desk esque type of like atmosphere. Um, are you more or less like trading? And I know you trade from home. Are you more or less trading alone from a home? Do you have, uh, people to bounce ideas off of? Um, I mean, one of the great, I do have a, always have had people that I talk to, a few yeah. people that I talk to, and I can always turn on the TV and listen to what everybody in the world wants to say anyway. 
But one of the great things about this web page that we started um, that I didn't, it wasn't even in the plan when we started it, but the guy who I started with ended up putting like a chat group together, what they call a Discord chat or whatever. And we've got a whole bunch of people in there, some of them who are awesome. I mean, some of these guys are are very successful. You know, we have a lot of beginners too, you know? That's cool. New traders and all that kind of thing that are learning and have their ideas and different ways of looking at it. But we have a few guys on there who have been very successful. You know, they're kind of like retired, the semi-retired, very successful sort of, you know, traders. Um, And they have been actively, uh, for whatever reason, um, they like our site. And so they are actively uh, talking on there all the time. And the guy who I started with has been really good about sort of adding different channels on the chat. So, you know what I mean? Here's a day trading channel or here's a crypto channel or whatever. Here's a trading idea channel or an intraday, you know. That's good. Um, so these guys are like consistently talking about these things and talking about ideas and bouncing ideas. And I'm trying to focus on there on, you know, my stuff, right? Because yeah. I see that as my job. One of the jobs I'm supposed to do is I show them, look, this is the trades that I make and this is why I make them. doesn't necessarily mean that this is how you should trade, right? But if what I do can help you in what you do, then great. So I try to focus on what I do and talk about what I do. But these guys go on there and they talk about what they do and they're showing all kinds of trades and all kinds of ideas and all this different stuff. And I think I've learned just as much on that thing from them as any of them have learned from me. So there's a place where, and I have that chat on like all day, you know, so um, there's a place that I've definitely been able to sort of check out different ideas and hear different ideas and hear different opinions and all that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I love having different, you know, just even if it's someone you don't agree with, I think it's good sometimes just to get that perspective or, you know, like maybe especially you know, when it's someone you don't agree definitely, with. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jason, so with, with the whole, you know, JJ brought up that Bill Huang incident, you know, we had that surrounding like AMC GME. And so that kind of prompted us to re- reach out to your boy, Nick Leeson. Uh, and we actually, we had him on the podcast and I, I, did, I brought, I brought it up how you made money uh, off of, uh, that you told him that? of course ah. I did, of course I did, of course I did. Yeah, um, he was good. No, he was a good sport, man. No, he really was, you know, he, was. he, was, he, don't, uh, he don't care anymore. He did his time. He yeah, did. he did his time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So, you know, surrounding that whole Bill Wayne, we thought we, this would be like the perfect guest, uh, you know, put it all. But, um, you know, during that whole situation, I couldn't help, but think about like, um, you know, you like, what were you thinking during this, this, this whole events? Well, what were you thinking when you were observing this? You know, it was pretty, it's only in retrospect, you know, look, I didn't even know who Nick Leeson was when this whole thing went on. Right. I learned about who he was just like anybody else did. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was just one of those one day opportunities, you know, that's all it really was. Right you think about it for 10 minutes, right? Before the open, the Singapore government announced that they were going to sell out all these positions. And your first thought is, oh my God, they're going to sell all these positions. The market's going to crash. Just like anybody else's first thought would be that, Mm -hmm. right? But then you stop and take a breath, you know, and say, there must be opportunity here, right? Um, And that was all it was, you know, saw an opportunity and, 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 and tried to take advantage of it. You know, that's all it was. And then with that one, it was mathematics. You know what I mean? You're buying the futures, you're selling the cash, you know, cash and carry. Yep. Yeah. Chapter two of any kind of, you know, futures textbook, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that that's really all that was, unless the exchange was going to, or was going to fail, you know, yeah. then it was just simple math, right? And it was yeah. created because of a panic event, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then, you you know, I just remember sitting there the whole day going, yeah, this can't be wrong, right? I mean, it can't be. It's math. It's math. What could happen? What, what could happen? You know, are they going to close the exchange tomorrow? Maybe like yeah, maybe yeah. it's going to default and the whole exchange is going to go out of business. So this whole trade is going to blow up in my face. And at the end of the day, it was like, well, ain't my money. Anyway, I worked for a bank. It was their money. <laughs> <laughs> OPM. You know? Right. I mean, it was my oh, money in terms of if it worked, I would have gotten, yeah. you know, a nice bonus and all that. Right. Yeah. But I wasn't going to jail for any of it, you know. Yeah, that's uh, it didn't work. It didn't work. I went to the bank and I told them what I wanted to do, you know, and they it took them an hour or so, but they approved it, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it was just good, good risk reward is all it was, right? Yeah, yeah. And now, hey, now he, hey, exactly. And he got compliance approval before he executed the trade. Yeah, which no, yeah. I had to go right yeah. to the boss. Yeah. They had to call Singapore and they had yeah. it all approved. And I mean, to get a Singaporean to approve something inside of, you know, a couple hours like that. You know, a rich thing and is almost impossible, right? But I just kept saying to him, man, you're never going to see an opportunity. <laughs> this again, yeah. No, incredible. That's crazy, crazy story. Uh, and you know, now he, uh, now Jason, he's um, he consults with firms on risk management. Of course. Uh, now, why wouldn't he? Yeah, it's like so- Joe Kennedy, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, like Joe Kennedy. exactly (laughs) but uh yeah so 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 jason so so now when you know earlier this year when we saw um a a few guys blow up um around like the GameStop and the amc saga like like where did you have any thoughts observing uh this event and like with the whole uh you know the forum the reddit forum i thought it was hilarious Mm -hmm. that's what i thought i thought it was hilarious and i thought that the whole idea of all the smart pros talking about how all these young morons didn't know what they were doing. Um, I really believe that the contrarian trade was to go with the young morons at the time because mm. all smart guys, you know, yep. like you think some guy's smarter about the market just because he works for a hedge fund than some 24 year old kid that's, you know, in his mom's freaking basement. I mean, <laughs> randomness is randomness. Exactly. I, I don't care how many schools you went to, you know, and I don't care where you happen to get a job or who happened to hire you or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, you're no smarter than that guy. So I, I thought it was one of the most enjoyable things. I wasn't involved or anything like yeah. that. I did buy some GameStop, but not at like, you know, 10, more like, at like you know, 210. But just for, because I think it's funny. That's it. You know, <laughs> I just think it's freaking funny to watch these, the, the pros get their asses railed because they think they're so much smarter. The market can do anything. At the end of the day, yeah. what is a piece of paper worth? Exactly. And I understand that GameStop's not worth $200 a share, right? If you're going to go to your finance textbook or whatever and discount, <laughs> you know, discount the cash flows and all exactly, that, right? Yeah. But does that mean anything for what it's worth in the next six months? Absolutely. I don't think it means a damn thing. It's worth whatever someone will pay for it, right? Exactly. As they suckers found out, you know, they're all short. They're short over 100% of the float or whatever. Right. Which is why they should get freaking railed because yeah. you shouldn't be, I mean, yeah. Well, you know I mean? if I ever did anything like that, that's what cracks me about all these guys that blew yeah, up. How do they yeah. get away with this shit? My well, clients, man, if I go over like a certain amount, every time I have a client, I have to fill out all these things with the broker, how many contracts I can trade, right? Which mm-hmm. always make lower, right? How many I can trade per, you know, per market, right? Oh, I can't trade more than 100 crude or I can't yeah. trade more than 200 S&Ps, right? And they yeah. don't even let me, even if I try to go on my machine and, and execute yeah. it, yeah. my machine cuts me off, right? Yeah. I have to go through all this due diligence and you know what I mean? I, I got to like promise them my firstborn and all this shit, right? <laughs> but these well, guys somehow just get like well, Jason, ability to do anything. On, on, on GameStop, probably 
what I'm thinking, because I used to trade for these ghouls, right? Um, it was probably somebody was probably trying to do like a, a pipe or a, or, a, or a convertible on this thing. And they were pre short the financing and they got caught with their pants down. Right. Yeah, and that one hedge fund guy, though, got caught. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, Steve Cohn backed him and all these yeah. pieces backed him. I mean, it doesn't, make, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to me. You have risk limits. I have risk limits in every single thing that I do. Not just self. And my self-imposed risk limits are less than anything anybody puts on me anyway. Yeah. Because I prefer to live in yeah. this business, you know? Exactly. But how do these guys? I don't know how they get away with it. I don't know how they not know that at this point. And and how do their primes let them get away with it? That's the other freaking joke about it. How the primes, that Wang thing. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, how did they not know that he was like into them each for $10 billion? Like, it's just, I, it's just boggles the mind. Freaking whores. That's (laughs) he was paying them so much money. Oh my God. Yeah. They didn't care. Right. Just like anything else. Right. Yeah. What do they say? You know, if you owe the bank a million dollars, they own you. If you owe them a trillion dollars, you own them, right? Very true. It's like the same thing. You know, me, I'm the guy that owes the bank a million dollars, right? But yeah. Bill Huang's the guy that, you know, owes him a trillion dollars. So therefore he owns them, right? Yeah. No one ever lets me get away with that shit. <laughs> and, and I read an article there was when he was over leveraged, they were letting him withdraw cash. Right. I don't know. How I, just, that I don't get I any of it. I, I don't, I, I don't, just, I don't understand it. Yeah. I just don't get it. And it takes me four months. I had this fund of fund. Want to open an account with me. And remember I'm a CTA. Yeah. Open an account with me. All you have to do is open up a futures account. Right. Yeah. And sign discretion over to my CTA. doesn't mean I can take money out of the account. I cannot yeah. move money in or out of that account. Yeah. It just means I can trade in that account. Exactly. And then they, we go through the risk limits and we talk yeah. about how much I can trade, right? Which they always like shrink, 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 right? Yeah. So I had this fun of fun. They want to open up an account with me. Their broker is, I won't get into it, but let's just say it's a French bank. Ah. Who I already have one of my accounts already clears there, right? Okay. So whatever, the French bank has to do the know your customer stuff, yeah. right? And I'm like, no, your customer. I'm already your customer. You can go through all the stuff that I did six months ago with this other account, right? And yeah. you can go through all that paperwork and, and see that we, you've already approved me. I already yeah. manage an account at your place. You already approved me. Six months. Really? Six months to open an account with a client who's a multi-billion dollar fund that this bank already has, right? Many yeah. sub-accounts with, right? Yeah. They got like 10 CTAs that trade, yeah. right? Yeah. They've already got that. They've already got me approved because I trade another account at that same bank, right? Six months. Holy. And yet Bill Huang can go to 10 different brokers and own 300 times the amount of shares that are even outstanding. Exactly. How is that? Yeah. How is that? Like me, I couldn't blow anybody up. I don't manage enough money to blow anybody up. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So why are they spending all this time on me? (laughs) This guy, they're just like, oh yeah, do what you want. We don't care. Oh, we didn't know he was with other prime brokers. Come on, man. Like, yeah, really? Fuck? Yeah. Makes it doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, what does? Exactly. Insane. What's insane. That? God bless them all. So the contrarian <laughs> the contrarian play was to to be with the on the side of the kids in the basement. I As, thought so. That's yeah. a yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean that was the right play, obviously. Uh, well, in hindsight. Depending where you got in and where I didn't make sure. any money off sure. it, but yeah, depending where you got in. Yeah. Sure. Sure. The world's greatest casino, man. Uh, incredible. Yeah. 
But yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was super funny. Yeah. I, I still think it's funny. I don't even think it's over yet. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. GameStop is still trading somewhere. One ninety four fifty four. Right. So, and where's AMC? I haven't even looked. But AMC 40, 30, 40, 35. It just fades and you know they fade again. and rips again. You know. Right. Right. God, God love them. Mm-hmm. You know? no, I love it. I, the market's not supposed to make sense. That's the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? These people want to make sense of something that's not supposed to make sense. Mm-hmm. So I love it. I love when shit like that happens. Mm-hmm. I'd love it more if I made money off of it, but yeah, exactly. on the sidelines, it's just it's enjoyable to make. Good drama. Yeah. I know. I know, Jason. I know you dabble in a bunch of uh, different futures markets. Is there anything you're specifically focusing on uh, currently? So right now and for the rest of the year, I think, I would guess, um, the big thing that I'm looking at is this dollar, the U.S. dollar trade, um, and also the metals, which are clearly correlated. Um, we have, you know, how I trade is I'm really fading mass positioning, right? Mm-hmm. So we have some mass long positioning in the U.S. dollar here. Um, and we have some massive short positioning, like in the Aussie dollar, for example. Okay. Which then again is again correlated, obviously, to the metals and the commodities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the metals have mass short positioning going on. Palladium, I believe, don't quote me, I know it's at least for the last five years. I haven't looked back further than that, but it's the longest that the commercial traders have been possibly ever in palladium. You know, in the metals, the commercials who are like the miners, right? Mm-hmm. They never really go net long. Right. Yeah. It's just relative. When I trade it, it's yeah. relative to how short they are compared to history. Right. Yeah. And they're really going net long because they're mining the metal and they're hedging it and they're selling it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They are net long palladium right now. And I believe one other time in the last five years, they were net long palladium, which was right at the bottom a few years ago. Right before palladium ripped. They're longer now than they were then. This may be the longest that commercials have ever been in palladium, which wow. to flip it means it's the shortest that speculators have ever been in play, right? Um, So again, metals mixed with the dollar, I'm looking for weak dollars, strong metals type of thing. Um, I think that's gonna be the trade. It's just like any contrarian trade, I've talked about it a million times, you've gotta wait, right? You're not buying palladium today, it was down another, uh, what? Almost 6% today? (laughs) Um, But you gotta wait, but when this thing turns, I got a feeling it's going to be uh, it's going to be massive. Okay. So that's kind of what I'm looking at really for the rest of the years. Is I'm really focused on the dollar and the and the metals from here. Metals, yeah. Okay. Interesting, JJ. I know. I know you've had some um, some experience with some of the the miners. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I've actually never traded the metals, uh, but I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've financed gold mining companies and. Uh, I, you know, I was the one who babysat the stock for the uh, promoters. So that right. was my, you know, that was, that was my job in the mining section. So, I mean, but yeah, we, you know, had a, a gold mine up in Alaska for a while there. It was. Uh, yeah. I mean, this isn't you know, so much a gold thing, you know, which yeah. most people think about when they're thinking about the metals, right. Mm-hmm. Or a palladium platinum thing. You know, it's so funny because all we hear about these days is, you know, the whole thing about, the shipping shortages, you know, and the shipping backlogs and the shortages of labor to go into the mines. And this is why the prices of everything are going up. And this is why we're going to have stagflation. 
Well, palladium's down like 40% in three months. I was just I looking. I, was I don't just know what the hell they're that. talking about. I understand aluminum. You know, everyone points yeah. to aluminum, right? Aluminum's up, aluminum's on highs. And yeah, okay, yeah. aluminum is. Palladium's down almost 40%. You know, copper, you know, the high was here. Four, I can't see because of my eye. 480, you were down to about four. So, I mean, you know, it's lost a good, what, 20-something percent just since uh, since May. You know, it's like all, stuff all topped in May. Um, which I can remember the day in May when, when commodities topped because we were talking about it again on my Discord chat, how that day, everybody on the TV, all they were talking about was commodities. And we were like, I was like, man, these things cannot be long for the top. And I mean, commodities have essentially been going down since May. We're in September already, right? June, July, over four months later, right? Yeah. And people are still talking about how commodities going up, but meanwhile, they're not, you know? I mean, even crude, which has been strong recently, but I mean, crude topped the first week in July. Mm -hmm. So where is this whole commodity inflation thing? I, 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 aluminum, I guess, is where, but I don't see it anywhere else. So anyway, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Um, metals, metals and dollar. And metals, dollar, and Aussie, which is essentially all the same trade. Mm -hmm. No, no, I know the, the CO2 you report, this was like, uh, yeah, I guess one of like the emphasis, like, you know, in the, the interview, I know this is not the only thing you look at, like you don't just trade off of the COT report. Uh, what, what other, you know, and maybe you could give us an example if it makes it easier, but, but what else are you looking for or other indicators are, are using along with the uh, COT report? Yeah, you know, the COT quite honestly is the main thing that I like to look at. Mm -hmm filters all of my trades that's the first filter that i will use okay is the cot data because that shows you the positioning of you know the, the participants you know they can talk all they want about being long and being short right you never really know what they are you know the cot is data that shows you what they are you know yeah. it's imperfect data but it's data that, that shows you exactly what they are so that's really my first filter I'm not going to put on a trade that doesn't show uh, extensive one-sided positioning in COT. Then from there, you know, I'm listening to anybody that I can listen to that will talk about that market, right? Um, guys on TV, you know, people on the internet that, that talk about these markets, right? Um, you know, these guys, I don't know if you've been following the natural gas market, right? Uh, this is an example of something that I have never seen before either. Uh, natural gas started going up in about, I mean, let's call it April. And the thing went up about 50% or so. Here from 250 to let's call it 350 from the beginning of April until the middle of July. So maybe three months, the thing went up 50%, right? Now, usually when a market especially a commodity market goes up like that, you get trend followers. People will start getting along. The speculators will start getting along and the commercials therefore will start getting short, right? And eventually the speculators will get way too long and then the thing will turn and the wall gets stopped out and the thing will come back down. <laughs> yeah. um, with this one, this thing went up 50% in three months and the only thing that happened was speculators shorted into it. I've never, wow. never seen that before, never. They were massively, massive. They weren't short at $2, right? But they were massively short at, at 350. Wow. Uh, and then the thing went from 350 to 550, right? 
Um, and they still haven't really covered their shorts. They started covering them a little bit. I'm looking at it over here now, but they haven't really totally covered them. But then all of a sudden, about, I'd call it a week ago, all of a sudden everybody's talking about natural gas. All these guys on TV are talking about natural gas, natural gas. I'm like, I've been watching this TV and trading these commodities for 30 years. If these guys have talked about natural gas three times in 30 years, I can't remember it, right? Um, I remember they did one time a few years ago because there was that like big squeeze that put a guy, a few people out of business, right? Brian, Brian Hunter. Remember that thing? Yeah. I was in like 2018 or something here. I'm looking, the thing went from like 250 to like almost $5 in about a week. And like, you know, some guy in Florida that was selling all the calls and all that, he blew up and he got squeezed out and all that. I can remember talking about natural gas then. But I can't remember another time that anybody was talking, especially the first story on all these TV shows, natural gas, natural gas, natural gas. So now, of course, the thing's gone from 550, you know, back down to, you know, back down to foreign change, right, Um, since they started talking about it. But having said that, the speculators really have not gotten out of these shorts. But, you know, that's an example of something that I've been looking at this COT stuff for 25 years. I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. I've seen a lot of different things happen. I've seen a lot of weird things happen, but a market go up 50% in three months and watch all the speculators short into that. I've almost never seen that happen. Incredible. So, again, 2021, it's all the year that everything changed. Well, isn't that, isn't that the great part about the market sell, Jason? And maybe that's probably um, something you enjoy about it. It's like I didn't... Uh, uh, never ending puzzle, I guess. Right. Like, I mean, you've been in 30 years. It's something new. Uh, is that something you do enjoy about the game? I mean, wouldn't it be more fun if you just, you know, what? bought a pattern that was just the same day after day, <laughs> you just, printed it, just printed every day, all day. Sure. That would probably be a lot of fun too. You know? That would be fun. That would be fun. I wish I, that ever happened. So I wouldn't know, but I, that would be fun, but no, you're right. It's a puzzle. And you know, it's, you know, if you look at it that way, you know, it's a puzzle. You have to adapt. You have to think. You know, it's it's a, a huge, obviously mental and psychological exercise. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I try and, I try and view from those lenses so you don't go nuts. I mean, it could drive you fucking nuts. You know, I mean, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Not going to yeah. enjoy it for what it is. Then you might as well do something else. But you might as well just put a bullet in your freaking head because because yeah. <laughs> it's not the other thing that I just said, right? And it never will be the other thing that I just said, yeah. right? Yep. So you better enjoy it for what it is, which, like you say, is an ever-changing puzzle. Yeah. That almost never makes sense. And as soon as it does, it changes again, right? Yeah. So you better enjoy it for that. Otherwise, you know, yeah. like I always tell people, go to law school, man. Yeah. That's what I tell all these guys. Yeah. People are coming, hey, how can I get started in training? And I go, dude, do, do yourself a favor, go to law school. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I know that's why people enjoyed the, the first podcast. Uh, yeah, I, th- I just think like your, your, your bluntness, just, just kind of tell, uh, tell it how it is. Um, because you know, I mean, JJ, you know, too, these people try and um, they're trying to make this what it's not, and it, I think it really does it's, people a disservice. And then I true. think, I think also coming to the realization that this is like, uh, it's a struggle, it's always going to be. I mean, you're Jason's 30 it's, years in, and I, and I remember Jason, some guy was like, Oh, this guy was on a this guy's on a down streak, like, why are you interviewing him? I'm like, dude, shut, like, or, like, yeah, like what are you just profiling? Right I saw that, book. that was like on the YouTube channel, right? Yeah, this guy's like, yeah, lost money for three months, and he's telling me what to do. Why would I listen to him? I'm yeah, like, and, this, like, and it's not like you don't have a track record, like, look at the goddamn oh, book. That's good, man. Yeah, no, no, no. good for him, good for him. Yeah, go for it, brother. Go for yeah. it. <laughs> I'm, I, but 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 it's like but i think but i think this is what makes people like uh you know like yourself um successful is like that that like 
that's like the realization is like just understanding the joke, like getting well, the joke of the market. You know what I mean? Um, absolutely. And I, I, I've gotten a lot of that again on this web page that people have appreciated because I, I, I'm straight. Like, I'm not going to sit here and back out. Of, I, I say on there what I'm doing. Yeah, right? exactly. yeah, I'm not going to sit there and back out of it and say this. And say, I'm like, yeah. look, man, that sucked. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. I lost money. You know what I mean? That shit happens, man. You know what I mean? I screwed up, whatever it is, right? It happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Part of yeah. it that is hopefully you're seeing me do that and that can help you to not do that. You know, what we're trying exactly. to do on that thing. What we're trying to do on that thing is that whole, you know, give a man a fish and feed him yeah. for a day, you know, teach him to fish and feed him for life. We're trying to teach yeah. people to fish, at least from the point of view of what I know, right? right? And these other guys kick in too, what they know, and it becomes like a whole learning thing, right? People are like looking for, and I've had a few people join and like, then hit me up like in private messages and shit, you know, telling me I suck and why would anybody pay to listen to your ideas? I'm like, dude, so don't. Okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but the, the point is you should not be coming on here to look for me to tell you whether to buy or sell S and P's. Okay. Yeah. First of all, because I ain't going to be around forever. What are you going to do when I'm gone? Right. Exactly. Second of all, that ain't the point. You know, yeah. the point here is to learn about the psychology, the risk management, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? To help you become better at what you do, right? Exactly. Not going to do what I do, first of all, because you can't do what I do because you're not me. Just like I can't do what you do because I'm not you, right? Exactly. I can do this contrarian trading thing because that's kind of how I am and I've been doing it a long time and blah, 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 right? But that's not what you do. So, you know, you can maybe use what I do to help, you know, hopefully you can to help, but yeah that's really what it's about right it's 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 so nonsensical to me like that it's like like you literally your results were probably like what like 10 years worth of results in the market wizard books and i know people would fucking die like you didn't even want to be in the book first off yeah and there's people who would die to be in the book yeah. like like oh my god they want the recognition etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. Yeah. i'm like who are you to criticize him? Like that's yeah, like what people do though, man. Yeah, but that, but no, no, yeah, I mean, but the, the world we live in. That's exactly. You know what it, you know? And let me let me chime in here. Okay, it's 2021. Yeah. When I started trading in the 90s, guys like Jason, the the guys who were like the big time traders, you didn't even have access to them, let alone even know who the hell they were, right? So people couldn't beak off at them because they didn't even know they existed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, guys, I, mean, I got, I got no issue with guys. Yeah. You know, the, the truth is, saying, not to sound like a I'm dick, but saying, I mean, I haven't you know. had a down year in 20 years. So yeah. You want to tell me I suck? Yeah. yeah. You're right. Seriously. You're right. Yeah. I, I suck. Yeah. Man. I suck. Have so a nice go, day. <laughs> yeah. Don't do your thing and go day trade your freaking spoos from the short side all the time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, catch that one day like today. Exactly. You, and, hero, and then spend the next 10 years losing money. I mean, exactly. I'm a god for a day. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. You know what I mean? If we can help you in some exactly. way, terrific. And if we can't, then hey, terrific too. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so Jason, this is this is the type of uh, stuff people can uh, expect if they want to sign up for your site, Crowded Market Report. You, uh, well, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, just kind of tell us what's in, what's entails for people that are interested. So, I mean, it started because. Um, People were hitting me up after that book came out on LinkedIn all the time. Hey, can you help me learn how to trade? Hey, can you mentor me? Hey, can you take me on? Can you do this? And it's great. The theory of that is great. And I'm all for it. You know, I think I talked about before, you know, at this age, you kind of feel this want to help people. I've gotten help along the way. And you feel this responsibility to what they call pay it forward or whatever. 
But when 150, 200 people are hitting you up, I, I can't sit here and talk to 200 people a day about their trades and, you know, oh, should you have bought the SPOOs here or not, you know? So one of the guys that I said that to, I said, I'd love to do, but I can't do that. You know, I don't have the time to help 200 people at the same time, right? And he proposed to start this website. And I, I've always written this newsletter every weekend. I've done it for, I don't know, 20 something years. It used to be for myself. I just kind of put my thoughts on paper, you know? Um, and then when I worked at a hedge fund, I used to distribute it to the guys, the, the PMs there, and some of them liked it. And then when I ran my fund, a few of my clients were actually hedge fund guys and they liked it a lot. I found that people really liked it. So I said, why don't we build a site and, and we'll put this newsletter on. It'll be like a newsletter site, you know, and if you want to go build it and you want to do that, I'll write the newsletter because I do it anyway. I'll send it to you. You put it on the site and see if you can get people to buy it, you know, go for it. Um, and he started doing that which was good. And we got some people, but I think what really kicked it into gear for me was when he put this, um, this chat page on there because people can get on there and we can talk all day. And all these different people have gotten on there from all over the world. They're all different experiences and all different views and all different methods and all that. And so they get the newsletter comes out every weekend and we read it. And then people get on there and sometimes ask me, oh, you know, you're looking to buy palladium. What, you know, what's going to make you buy palladium? You know, and I talk about that. And But it's that's good. Like just even that one, what's going to make you buy palladium? Well, from there, we can start talking about what makes me want to buy something. Right. Yeah. Some kind of news failure event, you know, some kind of, you know, that type of thing. Right. And then we can give talk about what that means. Right. And why that's beneficial. Right. And other people can talk about that they see it as market tone. I call it news failure. Other people call it market tone, whatever you want to call it. But how important is that? And then people start to observe that in other markets and they get on there and they talk about, oh, did you see this the market tone change in this market today? Might not even be a market that I trade, you know, the Euro stocks or the bobble or whatever, right? I don't trade those European markets, right? And then they have conversations about that. And so therefore they're starting to get that, that process, right? And then, you know, guys will be, you know, a lot of times when you're on a chat page about trading, um, you know, it's just, you're just bitching, you know, I suck. I've got a shitty trade today. You know, you're looking for people to lean on and that's fine too. Right. But well, what happened? Well, I did this and, you know, I made 10 good trades in a row and made one bad one. I lost all that back. Well, okay. That gets right to the point of risk management, position sizing. Let's talk about that. And we get into that whole thing it has nothing to do with my individual trade on the S and P today. Right. But it has to do with much more important things, you know, your risk management, your position sizing, your portfolio management, right? These are the much more important things than getting the market right up and down all the time because you're not going to get that right all the time, right? Hopefully you'll get it right half the time if you're lucky, right? Um, but with proper risk management and proper sizing and all that, um, that's much more important. And people start to see that. Now the guys chime in and they talk about their experiences with that and you start to see like even, you know, today, I, I'm long and Russell, okay? Up the Yang here, right? Um, and I, the Russell was down a shitload. Um, I made money, you know, but I, I made money today because, <laughs> and not a lot, but I made money today because I have other stuff on in my portfolio that, that's kind of hedging the Russell, you know what I mean? And how did I size that, right? Relative to the Russell, for example. Yeah. You know, we start talking about that. Well, I size it because of the volatility versus the Russell and the, you know, all that kind of thing. And we start to talk about that. And I feel like the people are really starting, that's really helping them, right? To me, that's, the newsletter is great. Okay. Well, I think it's great to write it, but you know, and it'll give you sort of ideas of, you know, where contrarian trades are. And then it's up to you to sort of pick and choose if you want to buy it or not. Right. And that's fine. 
And that's what a lot of people look for, I think, when they sign up for these, these sites, right? That's really what I'm trying not to be. You know, I'm, I'm trying not to be, oh, I told you to buy this. I told you to sell this, right? Um, but the chat page is really, to me, the Discord chat is, is really what, what made this whole thing a game changer. Because yeah. um, I can have it on all day. And we have these incredible conversations. Like I said, I've learned just as much on there as, uh, as people have learned from me, man. You know, there's all kinds of different people with different kinds of experiences, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I love it because, uh, you know, Jason, that's what, what uh, you know, me and JJ, we, we have a, a Discord page as well. And that's what I, um, you know, I always talk to people about. I'm like, if you're not, at least is my opinion, at least, and it seems like you probably agree, like just getting in there, talking with other traders, um, seeing how you see things. And like, I've gotten different ideas from people that I would never have even considered um, just from like dialogue with them, et cetera. Um, I want, Sorry. yeah, yeah. And, and I wanted to ask you, uh, Jason, like, is, is there anything, uh, maybe like general patterns um, whether good or bad, maybe you've seen um, and people think like some of some of uh, maybe beginning traders um, in their thinking, whether good or bad um, in their approaches. Is there any like commonalities you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, you see it all the time. Right. And, and I talked to this one guy on our, our page who was a. As it turned out, I didn't know this when he joined and he started talking and this and that. But you could tell when he was talking that he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> and then I started talking to him privately and found out who he was. And he was a very successful money manager at one of the very big well-known hedge funds for a very long time right mm -hmm. um <coughs> and we talk about it a lot of times there's a bunch of kids on there there's and he's like no matter how many times you say this to them you know some of these guys just don't hear it and i'm like well they're young you know what i mean they're inexperienced they still think that the idea is to guess whether the market is going to go up or down mm. right and of course, you would think that that's the idea, right? Because that's how you make money. I'm going to guess it's going to go up and I'm going to buy it. If it goes up, I'm going to make money, right? And that might be the idea today for the day. But over time, I really don't think that that's the idea. I really think that the idea is about risk management. It's about portfolio management. Mm -hmm. And it's about those things. That is what's going to make you money over time, right? Like today, I'm super bullish Russell. I'm super long Russell. The Russell got its ass kicked today. I made money today, Right. And the point of that is that's strictly because of portfolio management and strictly because of risk management, because at the core of what I really want to do is be long Russell. Right. But meanwhile, I was able to make money on the day when the Russell got a task kicked. Right. Over time, that's what's going to make you money. So to your point, to your question is that I still think people are still believe what's going to make them money is being right about the market all the time. I personally believe you are not going to be right about the market enough times to make money that way. Right. I think it was, uh, I think I might've said this in the last time we met, but it was, uh, what's his name? The old Soros guy, um, Druckenmiller. Oh yeah. Who said, you know, I'm wrong so much that I have to figure out how to make money some other way. You know? Yeah. I think that's the point, right? The point is to make money. It doesn't matter. Exactly. How you do it, right. Yeah. And the way to make money is risk management and portfolio management. You think you're going to make, and if you didn't listen, if you can make money by outguessing everybody else on the market over time, God bless you. Right. But I can't seem to do that, you know? And the problem with that also is when you do guess right, now you think you're invincible, right? Yeah. So now you, and especially if you guess right four times in a row, right? Yeah. Now you really think you're invincible. Now you start losing your risk management. You start losing your discipline. And that's how you have the one bad trade. I've had so many guys come on our page and say that to me, Jason, the problem with my trading is I, I, I turn my account from 100,000 into 300,000 over six months. And then I go from 300,000, you know, back to $100,000 in two weeks. And I'm like, first of all, if you're turning your account from $100,000 to $300,000 in six months, 
you're way too freaking leveraged, man. Like, yeah. what, are you kidding me? I've never made that money. You know, I've never tripled my money in six months. You know, I mean, yeah. I did when I was a young kid, right? Yeah. But that's your first problem, right? That's mm. not going to be able to last, right? Mm. But the second problem is the same thing. You go from 100 to 300, you figure you're a genius. So you up your size. Yeah. And then it'll take one bad trade, you're giving it all back, right? Yeah. These are the more important things to me than guessing which way the market's going. And yeah. we still see kids on the on the web page all the time. There's like separate. I'm just looking at the different sort of Discord. You know, you start these like sub chats or whatever yeah. channels. So there's <laughs> one that this guy started because we have a main one that I spend my time on. But then he started other ones because he knew I wouldn't want to be on them. But like um, here, day trading one and a trading idea one. And I look at what these guys are talking about when they're talking on that. And it's consistently that thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, I think the S&P is going to go touch the whatever, you know, yeah. it's been this 50 and this 100 day, right? But the 100 day and then it's going to bounce and da-da-da-da-da. And they spent all their time trying to figure this shit out, right? Yep. Which, look, I spent a lot of my time trying to figure out which way the market's going to go too. But I'm really spending most of my time building a portfolio around it all. Right. So it's sort of a long winded answer to your question, but I think that's the point that people miss. I love, yeah. I love it. And I know, I know JJ, I know you're, you're, uh, you're, you'll agree. And I, I know JJ, you're a little more gentle with people than I am. Um, like when we're talking to them, well, but Jason, be- I tell, uh, yeah, uh, let me just get this out. Jay, <laughs> yeah, 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 go ahead. Uh, but like Jason, like I tell people, like, I think too many people think they're like, they either study people who are outliers or they think themselves that they are outliers. And I'm like, stop thinking so highly of yourself. Like you're not an outlier. You're not going to time the market. Everybody thinks they're an outlier. That's the most <laughs> ironic thing in the world. And nobody can, by definition, everyone, yeah, yeah. no one is. Like get yeah. it through your damn head. That's why I try and tell people. I'm like, stop. Like you, you, you wouldn't even be talking to me if you weren't an outlier. So just, <laughs> just get it out your head. But yeah, go ahead, Jay. No, that's exactly right. Oh, the point. It, it's, it's so true. It's, 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 I think it's also because of the way the media makes this thing look, you know, people are like, it, it just, it just makes people think that they, they pick up one little thing and they grab it and they go with it. And they, the, the, the idea of risk management, just, I don't know. It, it, you'll, you'll talk to people and they're like, yeah, you know, I was up, but then I was down and then I was up, but then I was down. And this, I'm like, you know, it's a business, you know, <laughs> this, this is a business. Like it's, you know, you are a small business operator, you know, conduct yourself as a business person. Right. You're guessing the future. If you think yeah. you're going to make money yeah. by successfully guessing, the, guessing future, the future, oh God, yeah, no, then I'm sorry. You're, you're fucking, you're, you're out of your yeah. mind. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's doesn't work. Yeah. No yeah. one knows. It you doesn't tell me what's going to happen in 10 yeah. seconds. Man. Exactly. Mean, yeah. No kidding. Right. And they've done, they've done extensive like academic studies on this too. Like, like, like having people trying to like forecast events oh. and like well, human beings are just, just atrocious. Because how can you? Yeah. yeah. We're just how can you? Yeah, yeah. How can you possibly do that? Yeah. You know? how, 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 how can you do that? Right, right. And so, and so in what the you're market, it's to... the most impossible thing because it's a discounting mechanism, right? Yeah. It's like I would say with football, you know, if, you know, who's the best team these days? I don't know. The Chiefs maybe, or they just lost, right? The Pat yeah. and the Bucks. They're probably maybe, Tampa. I would say Tampa Bucks. right now. All right. Yeah. So if the Bucks, okay, are playing the Jets. Oh, God. Yeah. I can forecast the future and say the Bucks are going to win, right? That's semi easy, right? But there's a point spread involved. That's the question. Uh You know what I mean? And that's the discounting mechanism, right? Same thing with the market. You know what I mean? Like, if you think you're going to guess the future, that's being discounted already in the market. 
you're out of your mind, man. Yeah. And, you, and you're going to learn your lesson. And look, yeah. I was there when I was 24, man. I, I figured I was the smartest freaking guy in the world. And I was going to be able to guess the market for the rest of my freaking life. And it was just a matter of time till I was George Soros, right? Um, you know, a few uh, bankruptcies later, you know, you, you learn or you either adapt or you don't, right? But yeah, yeah I, I tried to learn from that, right? Yeah. You're, you're not going to do that. And I'm not saying that because I couldn't do it. Therefore, I'm angry if someone else could do it, right? You're just not going to do it. Your, your line about the outlier is the, is the perfect thing, man. You, you, there's a normal distribution. As many of you want to think that you're over here, I think I'm over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, because everyone does, right? Otherwise, what are you doing, right? But the truth is I have to prepare for the fact that I might not be. <laughs> and that's what, you know, that's what risk management and portfolio management is all about, preparing for the fact that you may actually not be the greatest forecaster of the future in the history of mankind. Yeah, that's true. a pretty good thing to hedge against, right? Yeah. Yep. And if you are, well, then hell, you're going to do just fine anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And I love, I love the, uh, the emphasis on, on the portfolio management too, as well. Um, good stuff. Yeah. And I, I was actually, I was just out in Vegas, Jason, uh, hit, hit, hit some good sports bets on a, we uh, open a week. I, you know, I love only talking about your winners now though. You're not going to tell us about your losers. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No. Well, well, there was a few people out there, so they know that, you know, I had, this is verified Jason. So they're, uh, they're, they were out there with me. Some of the traders we traded with, but, um, no, I like, I like the prop bet, the prop betting market. That's like the, the, uh, uh, like the player prop. So I, I bet a lot of like over under on like yardage totals, uh, on the players. I hit some, uh, on Lamar Jackson. Um, I, uh, what else did I hit? I was uh, just saying last night, he's my favorite player in the league. Dude, he dude, that was an incredible game. That was, and by the way, that call that the coach made at the end of that game, man, I went and told her, I'm like, how can you not like the Ravens right now? How can you not like that team? I think that's what everyone's saying. I, I love the like. I'm rooting for the Ravens now. Yeah, oh. like, I mean, I've always kind of liked them because I don't know. I've been I've been a big U fan my whole life. They always kind of reminded me of the U. Plus, they always had a bunch of really good U players. You know, Ray, what's his name? And uh, yeah, yeah, Ed Reed. I think yeah. Reed. No, I mean yep. Ray freaking Lewis, right? Yeah, Ray Lewis. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah, Lewis. And they always kind of had that defense badass kind of you know, bad boy fucking thing going on. So I always kind of liked them. But after last night. I mean, first of all, I love the QB anyway. I always have. He's, he's a freak. I love the way the ball comes out of his hand. It's so strange. How the, if you watch when the ball comes out of his hand, it's really different. Yeah. Um, but he, he's an outlier. After the coach he's made that easy. call last night, yeah. dude, that's a winner right there, man. Absolutely. To me, 30-0-1, they lost the first game of the year. They're playing the Chiefs. That was so balls. I love it. Yeah, uh, it, was, it gave me chills. It gave me chills when he was like, you want to go for it? And he was like, oh, yeah, like you got Lamar Jackson, you got a yard. And you got the best athlete maybe in the world with the ball in his hand. Yeah. What are you going to do, man? Come on. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I give, I give him credit. Cause well, cause I, th I feel like a lot of coaches, well, for one, you have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. So I would not feel the point. I'm no. not on the ball, giving it back to him. And, no. get a field goal. and that's what no, they no. all always do too. With Brady too, right? It's tilting. It's tilting. It's tilting. You're going to give Brady the ball back with a minute and a half left up by two points. You're going to lose dude. And same thing with Mahomes. Why even toy with it? It was funny, Jason. I was telling I was telling the traders because you know we went out to Vegas, so I met up with a bunch of the traders we trade with, and um, I was telling them it's like I I I think like Jason, and I really think that like like a bunch of these head coaches would be terrible fucking traders. Like their their in game management, like their decision making skills at time is so atrocious. Risk averse, man. Yeah, career risk. It's all career risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's why I respect Harbaugh. Like I uh, I like the, the they're just oh. a well run organization. The Ravens. 
Yeah, it's no, you, you got to like them. I'm a Dolphins fan, unfortunately, and they're not a one a real one organization and almost never have been. But um, I got to say, I'm, I'm liking the Ravens. Yeah, 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 me too. I'm actually, I'm going to, they, they play Thursday night down here in Miami. I'm going to the game. They're playing the Fins? The the Ravens, yeah, Thursday night. I want to say um, November, either late October, early November, around there. Oh, really? The Ravens oh, yeah, coming down to whip up on the Fins? Thursday night, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go down to that game. Um, nice. A lot of fun. Um, so yeah, yeah, so, the football so, I got going my way are the Ducks these days. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. Um, <laughs> do, do, you, do you ever do? You, do you do you venture into any betting at all, or no? You just nah. Can't do it, man. Can't do it. I have a system for betting football. I'm sure I talked about. It. I talked about it in that book too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't create enough bets over the year. To... Well, it's tough. Yeah. Well, that that's why I like to play a prop market, Jason, because like they 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 they're offering all these obscure like bets so like yeah my system might only spit out like five bets a week but that's fine i'll you know what i'm I mean? talking about my system spits out about five bets a year oh wow yeah <laughs> well you're probably doing more of the like the the what like the um see that's why i i, I you got to venture 20 independent theory. forecasters yeah okay, against yeah. the spread if 17 or more go the same way then i go the other way i think you did spoke about this in the book i think yeah it's yeah. got yeah, about yeah, an 80 percent hit rate yeah um, but it only creates about five bets a year. Um, yeah. As far as, you know, five bets a week and the prop bets and all that stuff. I mean, how much of a gambling addict can I be? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, can't, I, I... I sit here and I gamble all day. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how much of a gambling addict can one person be? Like, maybe if I wasn't doing this, you know, then I would do that. I don't see much difference between the two, personally. There's not. Yeah, um, there's not. Yeah, but... You know, what am I going to do that too? And this and that football to me is a, is a diversion. You know what I mean? I love it. I like to watch it on Sunday and not really on Saturday, but also on Sunday, but it's something I can watch. And it's so much better when you really don't care that much about who wins. You know I mean? Like I'm a lifelong dolphin fan, but the truth is that the dolphins lose 35, nothing to the bills yesterday, you know, on a one o'clock game by four 30, I'm over it. <laughs> I mean, I got more important things to do. Right. Don't worry about what a bunch of dudes who have nothing to do with me just did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of like that about football. You know, it's a diversion. If you start betting on it, you know what I mean? Then all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, maybe that's where I'm going wrong, Jason. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. Well, if it's working for you, it's working for you. Man. Oh, well, I like it. It's fun. It's, it's fun for me, but no, no, it's funny. No, that's even like fantasy. I can't do fantasy. I did a few years of fantasy. But it ruins it for me, man. Now I got to watch all the different guys. And I, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what did my wide receiver do? You know what I mean? Oh, I got one guy playing Monday night. He's got to score 22 points for me to win, right? I don't know. I just like to fall asleep to it and relax to it, you know? Take my mind off the markets, which is hard enough, right? And just kind of use it as a... a, a Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, there, there's, no, there's no difference. There's no difference between trading and that. And that's what I was trying to tell people, too. I'm like, it's like you're... you're I, people get upset when I use the word gambling, but I'm like, you're betting on a stock to go up or down. Like you're, I don't really it's see a hundred percent the same thing. It's and anyone that doesn't want to see that, you know, except that the stock market, at least to this point in our lives has had positive drift, right? Yeah. Sure. So being long a stock or the market, whatever, you know, um, it's had positive drift. Whereas a football bet, you know, it's 50, 50. There's no positive drift there. Right. Yeah. But other than that, I would say it's uh it's the same exact thing. And I've said that to people too, and they get upset, right? What do you do? Oh, I'm a gambler. Oh, but don't you like analyze, you know, <laughs> the markets and, you know, so, 
I'm like, yeah. And yeah. people that bet football do that too, right? Yeah. You have the fundamental guys. Oh, this offensive line stacks up against this defensive line. And, yep. you know, these wide receivers compared to these defensive backs, you know, they have an advantage or whatever, right? There's the fundamental analysis, right? Then you get the yep. technical analysis, guys, right? Playing at home after a loss on a grass field at night, right? They won eight of the last 10 times. You know, you got that too, right? You got the same thing and it all gets discounted in, just like the stock market, into a point spread. Yep. And so if you think that you're going to beat that with all that information coming in, I don't know. I love it. No, I love it. Uh, that, that's why I reached out to you. When I, 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 and thank God Jack, <laughs> Jack reached out to you. I was like, man, like I, I, I see, I see things very similar. Um, Cause yeah, I don't know. I feel like other traders just have different approaches and it's, it's the same thing. And then that's, you know, me coming from that type of background. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned Jason, um, the, the uh, newsletter, and that how it was intended just for yourself at first. Um, I, I, f- I found like me and even probably even um, taking this to life of like beyond trading, like me just journaling or, or writing out my thoughts has been very beneficial for me. Uh, what, what have you gleaned from, uh, you know, writing uh, this newsletter? Oh, it's everything. It, it's all that stuff that you talk about journaling and all that stuff. Right. That's exactly what it is. You know, I write down according to my process, using the commitments of traders and using all the other kind of stuff. Here it is. I just break the markets down, what they're seeing, and therefore what I should be doing, what I should be looking for. And it sets me up for the week. So then I can stay disciplined and stay focused here. I, I knew, And you're doing it on the weekend, too. So the markets aren't open. You know what I mean? All the noise isn't around you, right? Um, so here you go. I have a game plan for the week right in front of me. Here's the markets that I'm looking at because of the commitments of traders. Here's the news events that might affect those markets over the course of the week. This is what I'm looking for as a reaction. This kind of reaction is going to make me put the trade on. And here's where I'm going to get stopped out. And it's all written down. So all I got to basically do at that point is follow it, right? So that is why I always did it because it, it helped me stay disciplined to my process, right? Yep. Um, to your point, which I think your point is, it's you know, a very important thing to do. You know, yeah. journaling, I did at one point, but that takes a lot of time, right? Every day you're going to journal about the market. You just lost fucking whatever, 30 grand in the market today. And you're going to sit down and journal. Like, <laughs> Come on, man. You're too pissed to deal with that shit. You know what I mean? Who wants to journal after you just got your ass kicked? Yeah. Journal all day when you had a great day, right? Talk about how you're the king of the world. Uh, like break my pen and shit. Yeah, my pen will be breaking. Yeah. Right? No, that's what I mean. Like you have some crappy day and it's 4.15 in the market. Goes. The last thing you want to do is fucking journal. You know, yeah. let's face yeah. it, right? Um, so that's what happened to me with, with that whole journaling idea. Although I did do that for a long time and I, I did build what I do now sort of was built off of originally my notes from seven or eight years of trading, right? Yeah. yeah. Going back through, seeing what worked, what didn't work. And it was because I was pretty disciplined about that journaling, you know, back then. But the newsletter to me helps me uh, now because now I have my method. So it's just right. a question of making sure that I stay disciplined to that method. And then that newsletter for myself helps do it. And it's great too, because the guy who, uh, who did this with me, he takes it and he makes it like even better because he makes the charts a lot clearer and he like starts to rank the different markets based on the stuff I'm doing, which is stuff I never did. So he like lays it out for me even better. So it's been, it's been great. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. I know, I know last time I asked you a little bit about um, crypto, I guess like a, a new development or a new craze that's happened since last time we talked is uh, the NFTs. Um, 
they've exploded in popularity. I've dabbled a little bit myself in them, Jason. Uh, have you been you following got like an MJ dunk or something like that or what? You said what? You got like a, an MJ dunk or something or no? Well, I got um yeah, I got some of the, the basketball cards. Yeah, I, I got yeah. my best one. I got like Luka Donick. I got a Luka Donick one. Only two thousand nice. in the world, so I'm excited for that one. Um, nice. But it's it's came down a considerable amount in value to, to be fair. But um, I'm gonna hold on to it for a while. Um, I'm in, I'm in some. Uh, I own some digital racehorses, Jason. They uh, <laughs> uh you run in the they game. It's like thoroughbred racing, you know. That's and fun. then where do they run? They run digital races. They run it, yeah. They run them on the and yeah. How got, do they decide who wins a digital race? What's, a, what's it? There's, the there's, there's a whole algorithm. There's a whole algorithm behind it. Um, it's That's it's actually pretty cool. fascinating. Not to get down that rabbit hole, but uh, I don't know. I'm not involved. I uh-huh. barely know. What do you call them? NF what's? Uh, NFTs. NFTs. Right. I barely know what that means, although I can picture what it means. It's all this digital shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's stupid, but I'm too old to get involved <laughs> because by the time I figure it out, I'm going to be dead. But I think it's cool as shit. Personally, I think it's freaking awesome. You know what yeah. I mean? I think it's awesome. Why not? Why would a baseball card? I mean, adapt to the new world. Why would a, why would you even want a baseball card nowadays when you yeah. can have a digital baseball card with a, that moves? You know what I mean? Shows the guy hitting a grand slam. I mean, that's much cooler than just some stupid fucking baseball card, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the whole thing to me is the, the 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 inability of people like me at my age to adapt and to 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 see the new thing, right? Um, and call the young kids stupid all the time. My son's all into that crap, right? <laughs> like already i'm calling it crap right but my son is into like the digital art and all him and his friend and whatever his friend produces yeah. digital art and my son works with him and they do something i don't really even understand it but to me it's the coolest thing the fact that i don't understand it is what means that there's got to be an opportunity in it right i think it i personally think it's cool as hell yeah yeah you know whether it's going up today or up tomorrow or whatever I, you know i have no idea but that's the world man you're, you're telling me that in 50 years people are, are still going to be buying cardboard baseball cards yeah why would they think about where we've come in the last in the last 50 years you tell me in 50 years those things are going to be relevant i mean the ones that are already there you know the onus wagner cars i'm sure will be still be worth a shitload of money right but yeah, any rare, new like, ones it's yeah. all got to be digital why wouldn't it yeah yeah i mean that's that's exactly what i thought i mean it's like man this thing is like showing a highlight it's not it's not just you know it's yeah, that's uh, so much cooler than a card yeah, yeah, yeah. And even some of the people we were uh, I, I talked to with that after, you know, even after you came on, Jason, um, that's what they, you know, like, like even as far as like people like buying and selling cards, like a lot of times they hold these like conventions and stuff. And then like yeah. now we're a more digitalized world. It's so much easier for me to transfer it to you or, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, but that's the thing. Like guys like me, people that are how old are you? Uh, 29. People that are my age and probably anyone over the age of let's call it 30 at this point. Just can't get your head around it. We can't get our head around it because we don't understand it and we're never going to understand. Wait, how do I own it? How do other people not steal it? Like I own a digital image. Okay. How does someone else not just copy that digital image? How am I the only one that gets exclusive access to that digital image? How can a million people not copy that digital image and and have it too? So how am I going to own? That's how we think, right? And we can never get over that. In the back of my mind, I know because there's a way, okay? It just is, you know, but we don't accept that, right? Because we like to see things because we've always had it in my hand. If I got my Babe Ruth card or whatever right here, you can't take it from me. It's mine. There's no way anyone's getting this thing unless they pry it out of my dead hand, right? With the digital thing, we can't get over that whole idea. 
you know, the computer, you know, we, we were born in a different time, whereas you guys were born with computers. So, you, you know, it. it just it just is, man. Accept it. Right. Yeah. 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 And, that, and that's why I think, too, even like 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 uh, people younger than myself, like they're they're even more, you know, I even see some resistance to even people my age. And I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of like when I've seen some of these like just pictures of like digital animals i'm like yeah what the like what the fuck is this why is this going for six figures you know what i mean like even for myself but but the the even the younger generation is embracing it like uh you know heavily and it's just fascinating i think it's just fascinating time yeah it can be just like anything else the price is going to go up or down but you know um to me it's fascinating i'm not involved but to me it's it's got to be something like that it's got to be the way that it's so. It is. And sticking to my roots, Jason, that's why I got the, the racehorses. That made sense to me. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I can put my horse in a race. I can own them. I can breed them. I can bet money on them. I'm that's like, so right, cool. that makes sense to me. I'm like, I, I can do that. I can. Go I was that. telling my son to get involved in the, I was reading a thing about, about some kind of digital real estate or something like that. Yeah. That's getting huge. There's like digital real estate companies now and, yeah. and like they're buying, like they're buying the land and they'll like lease the land. So like you can build on the land in yes. game. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, that's cool as shit. The fact that I could never understand what they're talking about makes that cool as shit to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's where there's got to be an opportunity, right? If I understood it and was involved in, you know, whatever, or Bruce Kovner and George Soros and all these billionaires understood it, then there probably wouldn't be that much of an opportunity, right? But the fact yeah. that we'll never understand that means there has to be opportunity there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't get it. Digital real estate. What the hell is that? You know, it's the same thing. Like here's my, my house is on my land right here. I can say it. I can build a fence around it. You can't come in here. Right. I can trust that. Yeah. It's very hard for us to trust something that's somewhere in the cloud or wherever the hell that shit is. Right. It's yep. hard for us to trust that because we don't understand it. But again, that's gotta be why there's opportunity there to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think definitely like the pandemic, like helps spe- speed, like all this stuff up. You know, um, I think it makes more sense now for people. It's like, oh, yeah, like a more digitalized world or if, like, God forbid, another event like that happens. You know what I mean? So the pandemic has been, you know, look, it's horrible. Right. But to me, outside of the obvious, which is that people die, um, it's been one of the coolest things that's ever happened in our lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a game changer and it's changed the markets we, yeah, okay, sure. we really talked about that and that hurts me a little bit because i like the way the market used to be because i used to be able to print right um but i'll adapt you know but to me it, it's it's been a humongous game changer and a lot of it for the good people yeah, have died sure. but where and haven't people died world war ii was for the good too right and you had a lot of people had to sacrifice their lives for world war ii right so that might be a sick way to look at it um but to me, the pandemic is going to be yeah. one of the greatest things that, that happened because it's, it's, it's shooting forward uh, a lot of things that were being held back for no reason anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I actually 100% agree with that take. I know that my people might think make that or try and make it controversial. But no, I, I uh, 100%. No, someone will quote me saying the pandemic is the greatest thing that ever happened to mankind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. I, okay. I know. <laughs> I might have said that, you know, I mean, I'm caveating it with the fact that all the people that died is obviously tragic. And I know some people that have died and it's tragic, right? But out of the ashes come, you know, what do they say? The Phoenix, maybe? Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix, yep. You know, to me, yeah. that's what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. I, and yeah. People don't like the pain, you know, and no one ever likes the pain, but out of the pain comes a lot of, you know, longer term gain. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I'm with you there. All right. I got, I got a few more like kind of like miscellaneous type of questions. Yeah. Then I got some listener questions All too right. from some people. Um, 
any standout books that you've read since the last time we spoke? Mm, not really. Okay. I don't read very much anymore. I, I, yeah. I, well, I, you did. You were a big reader at one point. I know that, right? There have been periods in my life where I've yeah. read a lot. Um, but, you know, two years ago or so, a year and a half ago or so, I picked up the guitar. So now, yeah, my free time, I play guitar. I did read this great blues book that my daughter got me. I forget what it's called, but um, nothing that really, I don't think that that the readers are, are that your listeners are going to be interested, unfortunately, because I'm just not that big of a reader anymore because I spend this extra time trying to learn how to play guitar. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I've been, uh, I've been reading this um, stuff on like CRISPR, you know, like the gene editing uh-huh. uh, technology. That shit's crazy. That's just cool. talk about some crazy mind blowing shit, but yeah, you know, that's here nor there. Um, any, what about any like good, good show? I need like good shows or a movie to watch anything good really recently you've seen or you're not much. You're I, not thought much that that. I mean, that's all on my wife. You know, I'm just watching whatever the hell she wants to watch. Yeah. yeah. I sit on the couch and play guitar while she watches it, but I pay attention. Um, I thought that one where they went to Hawaii, everyone was on like that vacation to Hawaii, White Lotus or something like that. White Lotus. Okay. They I went to this hotel it. in Maui. I thought that was really good. Okay. Was a good show. It was a sh- it's a show. Show. Is a show? It was yeah. like one of those things that they do nowadays where it's like a one season show. You know what I mean? They do like 10 episodes and then that's the whole thing. Okay. Like, oh, it's not like a mini series, but it's like a little longer than a mini series, but it's not a full series. But that White Lows, I thought that was pretty, pretty damn enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. All right. What, what's, what's your morning routine like? My morning routine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you have, do you have like a routine before like market open? <sighs> yeah. I mean, you know, dude. I go to sleep at like, usually now I'm asleep, right? I usually go to sleep around 4.30 and I wake up around 6.30. You serious? Yeah. Two hours? Yeah, I nap. And then I am up until probably about 11 or 12. You know, I fall asleep at Sports Center at 11. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm usually up again by 4. I have to do that because I'm usually up at 4 because that's when the hang sing closes. Okay, sure. I'm so conditioned to the hang sing because of all the years that I traded that. And I automatically wake up almost every night on the hang sang clothes. Wow. So I'm up at four. And then once I'm up at four, at that point, you know, I, I, I rest a little bit. I try to lay on the couch. But at that point, I'm kind of up. So I'm really just waiting for the market to open. I go on my Discord chat and see if any of the guys in Europe are on there bullshit. And then I just kind of, you know, I try to take care of my busy work at that time of the day. You know, the NFA needs to me to up whatever, pay my dues or whatever, or whatever emails people are sending me. I try to take care of that stuff during the day. And then, and then that's really it. You know what I mean? My wife gets up sometime around 6.30, try to have a little breakfast with her, maybe, maybe try to get a little lucky before she goes to work. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's that waste of good three, four minutes of the morning. And then... <laughs> And then she's gone, and uh, you know we're off and going, man. Yeah, there we go. Going, I get on the Discord <laughs> chat and I talk to these guys all day, and uh, we just kind of, you know, spend the rest of the day trying to pray and see if I got to make any trades. There we go. There we go. Um, how, are you uh, are you keeping up with your uh, your meditating? I remember last time we talked about your experience in Burma. It is still a daily practice for you, dude. I had my eye done, right? You get your um, whatever this thing was called again, detached retina. Mm-hmm. You have to reattach your retina, okay? And then to hold it in place, they have to put a bubble in there and fill it with gas. It's behind yeah. your eye, so it holds it in, right? So because you have a gas bubble in your eye, I had to be face down 
for seven straight days, 24 hours a day to heal. And I said to the doctor, I go, dude, that's not possible. Okay, I manage money, the markets are open. He goes, look, if you want to keep your eyesight, this is what you have to do. Okay, so I figured out a way around it. You know what I mean? My wife would tell me what the markets were doing for. It was summer. She's a teacher. She wasn't working. So she could kind of tell me what was going on. I could listen to the TV. You know, I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't do anything that used the muscles in my eye. So you're talking about 24 hours a day. Not even like lying down on my side or lying on my face down. Face down. That was it. So that, how, how are you going to get through that? I'm a guy that moves around all day long. Um. So getting back to your question, that's what I was able to do for a lot of it. That by itself was, you had no choice, but the, yeah. it was forced meditation <laughs> because you're just sitting there and there's nothing to do. You know, I was listening to some podcasts and all that, but how many hours a day can we do that? You know, a couple hours a day, you still got 22 hours a day to go. Right. Yeah. So there was a lot of, uh, a lot of um, meditation that went on during that, but yes, I still do practice that. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I have to, um, I got to do like a retreat esque type of thing. Like, like, like yourself did. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I enjoyed our conversation. Like, like I, even as I like re-listened to our last conversation, I was really enjoying that part of it. Um, and that's the sum I've always had on my mind, man. I, I want to go, you know, go to, you know, go to a Burma, man. Burma super cool. Burma. Yeah. I was just talking to about that the other day. It's probably not cool if you're Burmese. Yeah. Cause you know, the government there is freaking horrible and mm-hmm. they, basically suck any opportunity that the people have to you know, do something. But as a tourist, as a foreigner going to visit Burma because the government is so shitty, it makes Burma great because there's not a lot of tourists there and there's yeah. not a lot of development. There's not a lot going on. And it's, it's, it's so mellow there. It's, it's super cool. Awesome. Awesome. All right. All right. We'll, we'll jump into the listener questions. I got a couple here. Um, first one, I think we kind of already talked about, uh, the first one was like, where did, where does he see opportunities now being a contrarian in the market? I think we yeah. kind of discussed that dollar metals. Yeah. I was going to say the first question going to be, where's the S and P going to be in four days? <laughs> I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, no, I would, I would, I would, uh, I, I would, I would respond unkindly to a message like that. I wouldn't yeah. even ask it on the podcast, but no. <laughs> all right. So next one, um, this guy was funny. He said, so he said he called you, I guess you called the commodity top on the previous podcast. Yeah. Cause everyone was long commodities. He got it yeah. bang on. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know how he played it. Yeah. I lost money. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I played it. it was beautiful. It was the most beautiful call in the world. And I was about a month too early and I got stopped out and then I fucking missed it. Oh, I lost money over in the year, but yes, he, he's, He's right, and thank you for noticing that. But I mean, soybeans, I was shorting you know, starting about January. Mm-hmm. They were like around 1450. They did nothing. Then all of a sudden, they went to 1600. I got stopped, and now they've gone from 1600 to 1200, and I missed it. Um, copper, corn, all of them. All of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did get a bang on, and I lost money. That's the other side of the uh, getting things wrong and still making money. Yep. The other side is sometimes you get them right and you know you lose money, but it's part of the joke. Yep. So what was his question? Uh, well, I guess he yeah he wanted to know how you how you played the because uh, because you he said yeah he called the top he wanted to just know how you played the yeah I was short in the grains and I was yeah. short in the um, the metals mostly copper um, back then, but you know I caught some other things like I caught the dollar really good during that um, mm-hmm. during that whole move too so. Uh, 
So, you know, we catch some, we don't catch some, but that's how I was mostly playing. It was through grains and, and metals back then. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I was short platinum, copper, soybeans, corn, if I remember correctly. So. All right. All right. Good stuff. Um, shout out to Raz. I think that was Raz. Shout out to you. Thanks for the questions. Hey, JJ, are you still there? I don't know if we lost him. Uh, we might. I'm right here. I'm right here. Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if you. Yeah, no, uh... I'm, I'm just behaving myself. All right. All right. No, I was just making sure. Just making sure I wasn't sure. I wanted to. Um, yeah, just check in. All right. Um, next question here. Uh, bro, ask Shapiro what he thinks is going on macro wise in the economy in Bitcoin right now. Uh, for the macro bit, his view on debt ceiling, QE, monetary policy, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, you got the wrong guy. Hey, yeah. Maggie, yeah. what other shows did we like besides White Lotus? Shows or movies that we've seen recently <laughs> that we like? Wasn't there something else that we liked a lot? White Lotus was the name of that other one, right? Yeah, there hasn't been anything good. There wasn't anything else. All right, I got it. Well, that's why I'm at. that's why I'm asking too. I can't, I haven't found nothing good, so I'm being yeah. White Lotus was good. All right, White Lotus. Yeah, anyway, so sorry. Succession's coming back. Okay. Succession, yeah, she likes succession. I like that. Um, oh, well, hey, what about I... billions? What about billions, Jason? You 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 ever seen billions? Yeah, I watch billions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked it the first like year or two or whatever, but then they lost me. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's just like, okay, I get it. You know, he likes to start battles with guys and he likes to play. You know what I mean? It was yeah. kind of cool when it was just the two of them in the first year or two. Right? I think so too. Yeah, that was like the best part. Yeah, yeah. But then when they kind of, what do they call it? Jump the shark when those guys like all of a sudden got together and whatever and sent that doctor to jail. Oh, that was weird. They lost me at that point. I still watch it just because there's nothing else on Sunday night to do, but, um, yeah. you know, I don't think it's that great. Anyway, what do I think about the macro economy and all that stuff? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't really forecast the macro economy. What I like to do is read what everybody else is forecasting, right? And then watch when the market does what it's not supposed to do when they get that forecast right, okay? So given that, what are they talking about? Well, we got the FOMC coming up on Wednesday, right? I am looking to get short US dollar in the form of long Swiss and long Aussie dollar. And I'm looking to get long metals. So what am I looking to happen? I'm looking for the FOMC, hopefully, to be hawkish, right? And if they're hawkish, that theoretically should be positive dollar, right? Which theoretically should be negative metals, right? So I'm hoping that they're hawkish and that the dollar fails to rally or that the metals fail to go down, right? And that to me is a contrarian trade, right? So they're hawkish, dollars should go up, metals should go down. That doesn't happen. And that's when I put the trade on, right? So that's what I'm looking for in terms of the macro economy. My ability to forecast what the macro economy is actually gonna do, if they're gonna taper, if they're gonna do this and that and the other thing, I have no freaking idea, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just like to know what other people are thinking yeah. so that when it happens and the market does the opposite, I like to go with the market and against that, right? Because that's the whole point of the whole discounting method, right? Everybody's buying dollar here. Why? Because they think that the Fed's going to taper, right? Quicker. So let the Fed say they're going to taper. Let them give them that. And then that's the sell the news event, right? And the reason the sell the news event works is because everybody's loaded long into the news event, right? So that's for what I do for my purposes. That's what I'm looking for. 
right. So yeah, I, I hope that answers this question. I wish I was able to tell them, oh, the Fed's going to taper and whatever the dot plot's going to change, and you know. But I have no ability. I have to think with the Dow down nine hundred. I was saying it to a guy on the phone today. With the Dow down nine hundred fifty one point today, Powell must be like rewriting his speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I mean, you're gonna come out you're gonna come out now and say we're gonna freaking you know that's it yeah. we're done we're tapering i mean with the down down 900 something points well we, um, we were joking around saying that's because they unloaded their positions because they got caught oh, that's oh, right all their inside that, the trading positions crazy. Now, now, now they're now they're out they can do whatever they yeah, want now they're tapering right yeah, yeah. now we can taper yeah. exactly we're out flat <laughs> yeah it just feels to me again i could be wrong i've missed things plenty of times i've had things wrong plenty of times but for every investment bank that came out two weeks ago and called the top of the market, can you ever tell me where eight investment banks all caught the top of a stock market or any is, market for that point? That is odd. That's Very never weird. happened. Very okay? weird. So it makes me feel like that cannot be the top. Does it mean that the market can't go down? Well, obviously it doesn't because the market already went down, right? Yeah. Gone down quite a bit in the last couple of weeks, right? Since they all came out with that. But did they just catch the exact top? Now, again, it's 2021. You know, things are different. Maybe they can. You know, they never have before. Yeah. Is, we talked about a few things that never happened before that happened now, right? True. So maybe they do. But I have a hard time believing it. Mm. I really do. I'm focused on Russell. Um, I think that the Russell is going to, as they say in guitar, resolve higher when this is by the time this is over. I think we will see new highs in Russell. Um, Actually, yeah, you're right, because uh, I'm, I'm looking at the thing, too. And, you know, they're holding that 2151 in the Russell. Uh, we looked below it and came back up, you know, so I'm, I'm looking, I'm a profile trader. So it's all these weird, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm looking, I've got that level at 22, 23. I've, there's a zone for me, 21, 51, 22, 23. So we looked below 21, 51 and failed. So we almost came right back to the middle of that zone. So once we get over 21, 96, we'll have cleaned out all that inventory I mean, you know, low. just for the record, as much as I love yeah. to trade, you know, if it goes below 2100, that's where my stop is. Yeah. Then I'm out. Yeah. So I may think that the Russell's going to 21 million, but if it goes below <laughs> 2100, I'm stopped. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, that's what, if you're asking me what I think, that's what I think. But, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean that, A, I'll make money if I get that right. Just like I didn't make money when the commodities went down. And it doesn't mean I'll necessarily lose money if I get it wrong, but that's what I think. Yeah. Right. Shout out to good friend of the show, Omar, AKA Iron Lungs. <laughs> AKA, AKA I, I, need I need money. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a character, Jason. He's a, he's a good one. Shout like out to him. shout out to Omar. Thanks for the question. Um, all right. Last question we got here. And I guess this is like pertaining to today. Um, lots of people are saying this China housing crisis with Evergrande. Uh, is worse than Lehman collapse. But the real question I have, will China allow this collapse to happen in his opinion or will they prevent it from collapsing? I mean, you're asking me my thoughts about what <laughs> the Chinese government is going to do. Again, I could sit here and pretend like I'm, you know, this smart mm -hmm. guy that, that knows. I don't have a clue. My comment about the whole thing was I lived in Asia and I lived in Hong Kong for a number of years. And you say Shanghai real estate developer? Stock, Shanghai real estate development stock, I say run as fast as you can, okay? Because Chinese real estate development stock, 
<laughs> yeah, you gotta be kidding me, man. I got burned. There was one in Hong Kong that I got so burned that it was called Pearl Oriental. We actually went, we actually went up to the guy's uh, office, which was an exchange square in Hong Kong, and met him, right? The dude was like a chef, and he started dabbling in real estate. And before you knew it, the guy owned like, I don't know how many billions of dollars of real estate. And stock went from like a dollar to like $50, right? Um, and then it went from $50 to zero, you know, because obviously <laughs> be over levered and, you know, the whole thing. That's what they do. I mean, I don't like to generalize and it's probably illegal to do so nowadays, but the Chinese love real estate speculation. I don't think that that's stepping over the line by saying that. And I lived in like, Vancouver 27 years. I, I, oh, yeah. So, you know, right. They well, love yeah. it. So yeah. just like any other kind of speculation, you know what I mean? There's there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be people that are over levered, you know, definitely. Is it going to blow up the system? Nah. What I would have told you if you asked me that 24 hours ago was if it was going to blow up the system, it would already be blowing up the system. 24 hours later, you know, with the tail down 900 points. Um, and Hang Seng down, whatever it was last night, 6% or something. Uh, maybe it is, you know, is it Lehman? I, I'm never a believer that this one is that one, you know, because we already saw that one. So if we already saw that one and we know how to prepare for it, then how can another one be that one? I, that's how I always feel, right? But could it? I one real estate developer? I don't know. Then it leans into the next one, I guess. I, and will the Chinese government stop it? I guess if anybody could stop it, it would be the Chinese government, right? Definitely. Anyone could. They, they yeah. stopped Tiananmen Square, right? So theoretically, if anyone could just put their foot down and say, stop this, then, then it would be them. But do I think it's the next Lehman? And what was the next Lehman, by the way? What happened? If you bought the hell out of the stock market the day that Lehman went bankrupt... You might have lost some money for a little while, but you've made a hell of a lot of money since then, haven't you? Exactly. Right? So exactly. hopefully it's an ex-Lehman. Clear it out, and then the market can go straight up, right? Yeah, take out the overhang. Right, right. So, right. I mean, do these guys have derivative contracts written against other banks all over the world like Lehman did? I wouldn't think so. And the truth is, the U.S. government did bail out that whole thing, right? Yeah, true. So therefore... The Chinese government has to be better at bailing things out than anybody because, you know, they run the show more so than anybody. Right. So I don't know. I may be ignorant and not being that worried about it, but I'm not that worried about it. Mm -hmm. I am short the NASDAQ here to hedge against my longs, but I'm not that worried about it. I'm doing nothing but looking for a place to buy my NASDAQ shorts back so that I can ride the Russell up. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, I think on that note, that's going to conclude today's episode of Confessions of a Market Maker. If you guys enjoyed the episode, please rate and review it for us. If you'd like to join JJ, myself, and a supportive community of traders, to join us at microefutures.com. Jason, uh, tell the people where they can find you if you want to be found and anything <laughs> else you want them to know. I mean, the place to go is this crowded market report. If you have any interest in what I do or if you have any interest in hopefully improving your trading or at the very least seeing some ideas about trading and, and ideas about risk management and not just for me but from other people that are in the community now we've got over i don't know 150 people i don't know the exact number in the community now um you know i think it's a hundred dollars a month or something like that 
give it a month and you think it sucks then i'm sorry and you know go away but uh, <laughs> i think that people if they have any interest in the way that i approach this stuff um it's worth going on there yep yep guys go check that out I that's think where to find me i think anyone listening and, and i wouldn't if i thought it was shit to tell you the truth i wouldn't even push it you know Really we, we, we believe you. I don't think anyone's done that. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone does that. Yeah, yeah. JJ, part in words. Uh, thank you so much. It's uh, always, always great to have uh, you on the show, and, and it's it's great because you you don't miss words, and you know we can, uh, you know, new traders they need to hear this stuff, and we really, really uh, appreciate you sharing your insight and your wisdom with us and your experience. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's fun, man. I like it. I like talking to you guys. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, if, if you're up for it, Jason, we could, we could do it every, every so often, you know what I mean? Get, get your take on some of these events going on. Uh, yeah, I'm good with it, man. I like talking to you guys. You guys are yeah. smart, man. I, I like it. Uh, kind of like, you know, you're, you're sitting there unshaved with your earring living down in Florida, but you're a smart <laughs> you know, but, but you're, you know, betting your football and the whole freaking Long Island thing. But, you know, but yeah, having yeah. said that, you're a smart guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's actually because of that you're a smart guy. You uh, know? As opposed to sitting here talking to one of these, you know, Harvard guys that thinks he's so smart and he's actually just a, a sheep like everybody else, you know, so... It's cool. It's cool to talk to people like that. Oh, Jason, I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. I, 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 we take that as compliments. Uh, that's, Definitely. that's good. Oh, it's meant as one, so that's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So for Jason Shapiro, I'm Paulie Walnuts. He's the gorilla house street. You stop, so. Sit down.